0: welcome to the Business Brainwave show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. In this episode of Business Brainwaves, I decided to talk about apportionment of estate duty. And you may ask, well, why is this important for business owners and entrepreneurs? Well, the thing is that apportionment of estate duty can leave you with quite a challenge when it comes to the liquidity, the monies that need to be paid when someone dies. It seems fair to assume that the estate of the deceased person is responsible for and as such should pay the relevant estate duty, but often beneficiaries of deceased estates and life policies are caught off guard when requested to pay estate duty apportioned to the benefit they receive. So let's start by looking and just reminding you again, what is estate duty and how do we get to the amount that is payable? So estate duty is levied on the worldwide property and deemed property of a natural person who is an ordinary resident in South Africa or on South African property of a non-resident. There are various deductions under Section 4 of the Estate Duty Act that is allowed and that, in the end, will then determine the net value of the estate. So, if I have to explain the formula, we would start with the gross value of the deceased estate. That would be the um, movable and immovable assets um, and minus the costs and expenses in the estate less the allowable deductions as set out in section 4. This will then give us the net value of estate. From that we then less the section 4 abatement. That is the current amount of 3.5 million that is allowed. And that will then give us our dutiable amount. On this dutiable amount we then apply our estate duty Uh, percentage, and that is either the 20% or the 25%, and that final figure we get is then the estate duty payable. I did post an article on my blog where I actually have these uh, formulas printed out, and I will have the link in the note block below. So this is what estate duty is made up of. Now, the executor of the estate, in his or her capacity, as the executor, is responsible for the payment of all the estate duty concerned. And in some instances, this includes recovering the estate duty payable from the beneficiaries. The good news is that the beneficiaries would only become liable for estate duty in the event that the estate exceeds the net value of $3.5 And this is because there's no estate duty payable on an estate below a net value of three and a half million. So we now understand what estate duty is. But who is then liable for the estate duty? Beneficiaries become liable for estate duty if certain property or deemed property accrues to them. The types of property and deemed property, which result in beneficiaries uh, being liable for the estate duty, would be assets such as usufructs, fiduciary interests and annuities, and also insurance policies, life policies, paid to beneficiaries directly, in other words not paid to the estate, and exempt donations. So, if you are a beneficiary, of a usufruct, a fiduciary interest, an annuity, the insurance on the uh, life-assured, the person that's passed away, so you are the beneficiary of that life policy, or an exempt donation, then apportionment of estate duty will be applicable and you, as the beneficiary of that uh, benefit, will then become liable for the apportioned estate duty. Estate duty on fixed properties such as buildings, uh, cash, motor vehicles, and other types of assets that we see in the estates. Well, that, um, whether it is bequeathed to a specific beneficiary or not, that the estate in itself is liable for the estate duty. So, how do we then deal with the apportionment of estate duty? To ensure the estate duty is fairly apportioned to the relevant beneficiary, a specific formula is used. Each party's pro rata portion of the estate duty is calculated as follows. The total value of the benefit due to the beneficiary, so in other words, what is it that I am receiving, divided by the total net value of the estate. Remember, that was the part we got after we took the gross value of the estate, less the allowable deductions. That gives us the net value of the estate. And this amount is then multiplied by the estate duty payable. So I'll go through that again. It is the total value of the benefit due to the beneficiary, so that amount, divided by the total net value of the estate, multiplied by the estate duty payable. So, if we want to look at an example, if we say that we have a policy, so this is a life policy, on the life of the deceased, and this policy is paying to Peter, the value of this policy is 2 million, The net value of the estate is 6 million and the estate duty payable is 500,000. Now, if we want to calculate who is responsible for what part of the estate duty, the calculation would be as follows. Peter, who is receiving 2 million of the 6 million, would be 2 million divided by the 6 million times by the 500,000 estate duty payable and the total estate duty that Peter is thus liable for is 166,666 Rand and some cents. The estate on the other hand, what is the estate liable for? Well, if we look at it, the estate is receiving the other part or not receiving but is liable for the other part that is not going to a third party so that is four million and remember the net value of the estate was six million so we have the estate with its four million divided by the six million net value of estate multiplied by the 500,000 estate duty payable and this thing gives us an estate duty liability uh, to the estate of 333,333 rands and some cents. And the two together, the 166,000 and the 333,000 together comes to 500,000. Again, if you want to see this um, rather in, in text, you are welcome to click on the links below and you will find it there. So, that is how the apportionment works. Now, there is some good news. Remember that one of our um, deductions that is allowed under Section 4 is the what everyone always talks about, Section 4Q. And this is better known in layman's terms as the Rollover to Spouse Provision. So remember, when we do have bequests to our spouses, no matter whether it is a life policy or specific assets or usufructs, whatever that value may be, the minute there is a bequest to a surviving spouse, Section 4Q will be allowed as a deduction and we will then have that exemption, so no state duty will be payable on that. Now, also something to remember, Section 4Q excludes any other uh, deductions that would be allowed to the spouse. So this would generally be your um, a community of property um, allowance, which means if I'm married uh, in community of property, half, uh, there's a specific calculation, but let's say half of that estate would be um, deducted anyway because it is not for the deceased or if there was an accrual claim from the surviving spouse against the deceased estate, the the life of the deceased, then uh, that would also be a deduction. So you would have that deduction, your COP deduction or your accrual deduction and your Section 4Q deduction for any bequests to the spouse. Okay. Now, lastly, let's look at, so we now understand what a state duty is, we understand who's liable for it, we understand when is apportionment applicable and how is apportionment calculated. So, lastly, it's important to understand when is a state duty due and why is this important? Again, because remember, if we have an apportionment that is a liability to us, we need to know by when that money must be paid. So, estate duty is due within one year of the date of death or, alternatively, within 30 days from the date of assessment, if the assessment is issued within one year of the date of death. So, it's really whichever comes first, either one year or if the assessment is submitted prior to the one year mark. And if you miss that uh, in other words, if you do not pay the estate duty when it is due, uh, the interest that is levied on late payments is 6%. And that is that can be very, very costly for the estate. So why I wanted to discuss this today is... As business owners, it can become very, very costly. If, if, for instance, you are married in community of property and the spouse passes away um, and all of a sudden there's this estate that happens that you're not uh, financially prepared for, there's no liquidity in the estate, and all of a sudden apportionment of estate duties come in, then, um, or business partners pass away and estate duties uh, come in, it is important to understand that the cash... Uh, requirements the liquidity requirements of estates can have a serious effect on your business not because it may directly impact your business but the money has to come from somewhere and as business owners and entrepreneurs we are going to have to go somewhere to get the money whether it is selling properties whether it is uh, dipping into our companies whatever that may look like So understand what the implications are of estate duty and especially of apportionment of estate duty. Just because you received a life policy payout on a partner's death does not mean that it is completely exempt of estate duty. There may very well be estate duty payable and in that case you need to be financially prepared. I have also several other articles that I wrote with regards to estate duty. So I've got the basics of estate duty, liquidity on an estate, uh, why is estate liquidity so important, uh, and what is estate liquidity and costs. All those articles I will tag in the uh, subject block, so feel free to check those out. As always, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast and please feel free to reach out to us if you need any assistance with your estate duty calculations or just have some questions on estate duty or uh, apportionment of estate duty. Thanks, have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website, nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook, or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.